0: Hi, hello, ladies, gentlemen, and everyone in between. I am your host, Jessica Lemon, and you are listening to Sour, Sweet, and Spooky. I wanna start off today by apologizing for being a little late. My microphone would not connect and I had like a mental breakdown trying to fix it. So I needed to step away for the night, but I'm up, I had my coffee, and I think I fixed the mic now. So if the audio is off, I apologize for that as well. But anyway, I'm good and I'm ready to go. So, I got to go on a fun little adventure this weekend all the way up to San Francisco and basically stayed inside the whole time and went on like one hike, but I wanted to go do something spooky, but it was just not in the cards for me. The cell block in Alcatraz is closed indefinitely for construction, so I couldn't do that because like the cell block is the best part, come on. And due to COVID-19, everything else was only partially open. Like the USS Hornet had some areas that were open for tours, but not like everything or the tours were cut from like 30 people to six people and were completely booked for a weekend like the winchester mystery house was booked but honestly i'm not too worried i'm kind of fine with it since i'd like to avoid getting sick so it's for the best and my boyfriend and i only really went up to help his sister move and to just kind of get out of the house a little bit before the holiday season starts and our lives in retail destroy us Now I wanted to do this week's show on whatever place I was able to visit but like I said the universe pulled an Arya Stark and was like not today. So I still wanted to talk about a place in San Francisco since I was just there and was looking up all the spooky places and came across an old military fort turned national park that has a history dating back to when John Hancock signed the Declaration of Independence. So I hope you are all ready for a brand new story. In 1776, the United States of America severed its ties with Great Britain to become its own official country. Also in 1776, the Spanish built an imperial outpost 3,000 miles away, nearly 1,500 acres of land that was taken from the Native Americans that lived there, the Olone, Costanoan, and the Miwok. That alone will bring in some spooky stories. The Spanish built their settlements, houses, and a military base, or in Spanish it was called a presidio which directly means jail or fortification. So in English, basically an army base. They built this so they could maintain law and order while they developed their settlements, but like most American history that just gets glossed over, there was a lot of death and a lot of innocent Native lives lost just so the Spanish could take over the land. It was also used at a time to watch over the coast in case the Russians or British were going to try to invade because that land was very sought after as pretty and new even though people have been living there for thousands of years, but anyway. The Spanish settlements grew, and their little towns and cities became what is now San Francisco. In 1821, after the Mexican Revolution, the Presidio was now occupied by Mexican soldiers, and in 1846, American soldiers made their way there during the war between Mexico and the United States, and the U.S. captured the whole Bay Area. Now that Americans had taken over the land, the population grew super fast with immigrants coming in from Russia, China, Japan, and a bunch of other Asian countries. And then there was the gold rush. And that's when the main buildings of the Presidio in San Francisco were actually built. And at this point, the Native American tribes in the area were not having this. They were like, mm- No, you all don't belong here. We were literally here first. So the Presidio, already having been a military fort, was now like the central hub for the fight against the Native Americans. And there were raids and it was, it was just wild. So that was a crazy time for America. And like, it's funny because I don't really remember learning this when I was in school. And like, I went to school in Massachusetts and Florida, so like all East Coast. So I learned about local invasions and immigrations and the New England settlers and the Spanish explorers and like Lewis and Clark. But I feel like we didn't really go over West Coast history as much because I remember a lot of East Coast history, but nothing really of the West Coast. I wonder if that's like a thing, like you learn more about your own region, which what I mean kind of makes sense. Hmm. Anyway, we did learn this little tidbit, though, because I do remember that in 1906, there was an earthquake that devastated the San Francisco Bay Area. The earthquake killed around 3,000 people and left more than half of the 400,000 residents homeless. The Presidio was also damaged as well, but the military there set up 20 tent camps that housed around 30,000 refugees after the quake. After the city rebuilt, San Francisco hosted the Panama Pacific International Expo in 1915, and although the world was literally in the middle of the First World War, millions of people still came to see the city to visit, because the Presidio was able to provide extra protection and safety during that time. A lot of people also visited the Palace of Fine Arts in San Francisco, which a quick shout out to my favorite podcast, And That's Why We Drink, because that's actually where I got to see Em and Christine live in February, right before the pandemic. And if you have tickets to see one of their future shows that have been postponed, you are going to be so happy and laugh a lot. It's such a fun show. So I can't wait for more people to see it because it is just chef's kiss. Okay, back to some history. So, between the wars, the area expanded a lot, and a lot more was built there. When the Japanese bombed Pearl Harbor, the Presidio became the headquarters for the Western Defense Command, and in the 1950s, it became the headquarters for the 6th U.S. Army. And in 1989, it was transferred to the National Park Service, and in 1994, it officially became a national park. Some really amazing things are being worked on here too. Like, they're building more park space and actually restored some of the old military buildings into family homes, offices, and museums. Like, there's the Walt Disney Family Museum and a Lucasfilms Museum with this, like, really cool Yoda fountain. They also opened a hotel in 2018 and also began the process of restoring wetlands in the Bay Area to create habitats for native plants and animals, which is amazing. They restored the Presidio Theater into a performing arts center and next year they plan to open a 14 acre park that is actually covering the highway like the highway tunnels under it and it's going to be called the tunnel top but it's just more national parkland that people can go and enjoy so like as awful as it was to get the land 300 years ago now it's a national park there's a lot going into it that is restoring the history of the land and like bringing back that nature though not like before obviously sf is one of the biggest cities like i thought los angeles was huge but san francisco and the bay area is ginormous so like the city the Presedio is huge. With almost 250 years of military madness, hospital deaths, and the cemetery for the pets of soldiers that have lived on the base, let's get into what makes the Presedio in San Francisco one of the most haunted places in the Golden Gate City. Now, the Presedio isn't just one place. If you've picked up anything so far, it's a big area. There are so many buildings and places that are all part of the Presedio. Where the Letterman Hospital once stood is now where the Lucas Arts building is. The hospital was demolished in 2002, and apparently during the demolition, there were 200 to 300 soldiers seen just rummaging through the rubble. And I'm not sure if they were reported to all be seen at once, which is terrifying, or if there were just that many reports of like one being seen at a time. But like, still, two to 300? Mm -mm. Mm -mm. No. No, I'm all for ghostly encounters, but two to three hundred, no, nope, hard pass. In that area, there's also reports of a woman in a black flowing dress being seen. And there's a story of a munibus or a taxi driver. I've read both, but there's a story of a driver that picks up a man dressed in military garb and begins to take him to his destination. And when the driver looks into his rearview mirror, the soldier had vanished. Gone. Poofed. Disappeared into thin air. I used to drive for Uber. And if that happened, I don't, I don't know what I would do probably have a panic attack actually yeah that'd be that'd be really creepy i don't like to think about that my favorite ghost hunters well the taps team from the show ghost hunters visited the officers club which is the oldest intact building on the property and i really wanted to watch the episode and i know i own it on dvd from years ago but it's gone uh It's missing somewhere at my parents' house and they live 3,000 miles away in Florida. So my other option was Amazon, but I can't get the individual episode. I'd have to get the whole season and that's like $50 and I can't really spare that right now, but I know I've seen the episode before. I just don't remember exactly what goes on, but I did find a couple of websites that mention their visit and say that they actually caught some pretty cool evidence there. So, right before the remodel that the Officers Club had, the TAPS team did an investigation where they caught some voices coming from the former smoking room, um, as well as they could kind of smell like cigar smoke. And they got footage of a shadowy figure that looked like it was described as the woman in the flowy black dress. But apparently this footage was really blurry and was more of a blobby shadow and not as defined. But like I said, I haven't seen the footage myself and I couldn't find it anywhere for free. So if you do watch it, let me know what it really looks like. There is also the Public Health Services Building, which is now actually a luxury apartment complex. And it's this seven-story building that was built in 1875 and became the hospital in 1895, and the current structure was built in 1923 and was the home of the San Francisco branch of the Defense Language Institute, but was eventually abandoned in 1988 and basically just left to rot. It was covered in graffiti, and there were broken windows and pretty much just looked like a creepy building that was for sure haunted. In 2002, there was a murder there, but I couldn't find more info on that, just like one mention of it in an article, but like an abandoned building, that would make sense. In 2010, it reopened after being fully remodeled into the Presedio Landmark Apartments. So if you happen to know anyone who lives there, first off, congrats to them because it's expensive as heck to live there. And also ask them if they've experienced anything spooky. One article I read about this place linked to a Yelp page and claimed that there were creepy photos and people's ghostly encounters but it was just linked to a page for elderly care and all the reviews were just raving about Raquel so go Raquel but not what I was looking for. There are also reports of shuffling heard as if patients were just shuffling through the halls as well as voices being heard behind doors only to open them and no one be in there. Also there have been sightings of shadow people and flashes of light that almost seem like a reflection but there's no surfaces for light to reflect off so while it was a creepy old abandoned hospital there was a lot of spooky stuff being reported apparently the police wouldn't even go there unless like absolutely necessary flashback to that 2002 murder Another part of the Presidio that gets a lot of spooky reports is the Pet cemetery, and not like the Stephen King kind. It's literally a place where spirits of World War II soldiers are seen marching in front of, as well as reports of people seeing little pet-sized shadows wandering around the area. I think that's kind of cute, also kind of scary, um, especially because one story connected to the cemetery is from a family that lives in a house not far from it. When they moved into the house, they had begun feeling chills and cold spots in rooms that were heated and, like, didn't have any breeze and not long after that they started hearing strange noises like growls and like that clacking sound dog nails make on hardwood flooring except the family had just installed new carpets Then they had a friend visiting them and this person was sleeping in the night and felt really cold and realized that they had knocked their blanket off the bed in their sleep and when they went to grab it from the floor they saw huge black paws holding the blanket to the floor and when they looked up they were face to face with a huge black dog with glowing red eyes baring its teeth in a snarl. As quickly as they saw this it was gone. The family finally moved out after it became too much for them when they would regularly see this creature in their backyard and it would look up at them and glare through the windows. From what I know though, seeing a large black dog is an omen of death, so I'm curious if they were able to escape this by moving or if it really was a spirit attached to the pet cemetery. Another place is in the basement of the First Republic Bank, which used to be the old stockade. Prisoners can be heard and sometimes even seen just like shuffling around and grumbling. The Presidio in San Francisco has been around for nearly 300 years, and the area was occupied for thousands of years before that. A place that once existed to keep people out now stands strong to let people in. The Presidio sees over 7 million visitors a year, and spirits are part of the attraction. So if you have a chance to safely go to San Francisco and want to see something spooky, the Presidio is a pretty good option. I really am so amazed by how many people tune in each week to listen to me talk about spooky stuff. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And if you have been to the Presidio or just San Francisco in general and have experienced something spooky, let me know. I would love to hear your stories. You can contact me on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook. It's all at Soursweet Spooky or my personals at Jessica Lemon with two L's. You can also send me an email to soursweet spooky at gmail.com. That's actually the best place if you have a cool story you want to share or request for a future story. Also, pretty please make sure to rate the show on whatever you're listening on and please leave a review because that really does help bring more people into the show and with more downloads comes more sponsorship opportunities, which brings me closer to leaving my day job. Who doesn't want that? I also still have a lot of merch available. So head to the SourSweetSpooky.com website to order something and I'll pack it up as soon as possible. Literally like as soon as I get the orders in, I pack them up. It's so fun. And I leave a little personalized note with every order. So you can look forward to that. As always, thank you again for listening. It means the world when you tune in each week and share the show and reach out online. So seriously, thank you. I will be doing something a little different next week, but I will be back and might have something fun planned with a brand new story. And remember, stay sour, stay sweet, stay spooky.